This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Hey, Potential Podcast listeners. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. This is the Potential Podcast. And welcome back to the Potential Podcast. Me here always is Taylor Sokol, your host, as well as my co-host, and I would consider best friend, Chris Dewar. Welcome. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Thank you for that lovely introduction, Taylor. Thank you. I'm um, in every word. <laughs> <laughs> um, doing pretty good. Today, uh, today was a special day for uh, many people around the world. It was Absolutely. Father's Day today. Um, so of course a great time to celebrate dad, dad's everywhere. Um, I know well, we both got to, it's been, it, 
during this time, it's been nice that we actually been able to have a. Yeah, I mean, I would say typically not one of the main holidays you're home for. You know, that's more no. of a an Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas mm-hmm. kind of situation. And this could but, be any for anyone too. Yeah. 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 Of course, right now we're still uh, battling the pandemic, the coronavirus. So many people are home. So yeah, you and I are in a cool position to actually be home to celebrate with yeah. our dads. So. Uh, yeah, today was nice. Kind of get to play around a golf. We had a nice breakfast at the club, and then uh, just kind of chilled for a bit. And then my nephew came over with my brother and my sister-in-law, and just kind of played a cornhole in the back. My brother got him a cornhole set for Father's Day gifts. So oh, that is awesome. We now have cornhole at the house full time. So go. I'll be practicing nonstop so I can get really good. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to set up our cornhole because literally it gets fierce with our family for oh, I'm sure. tailgating and all that such. So no, that's really cool. Ours is ours is pretty of a chill Father's Day. My it's so funny. My dad decided he was making breakfast. Of course it's Father's Day mm-hmm. was making you breakfast, but he was kind of leading the charge, which is he's like he's kind of really chill about that stuff. So we had a big full spread and we just kind of uh, it was a lounging day. We just chilled, enjoy sitting outside, having a few drinks and just enjoying the summer weather. Of course, we're going to be a family's got some trips uh, planned up, obviously being safe. But today was just a nice chill day. But it was nice to just kick back and relax and just appreciate dads being dads. So it, uh, yeah. So uh, which is get, actually funny yeah. though we're talking about uh, fathers. Exactly. I was going to say uh, it kind of gets to uh, a special point of our episode today. Not an exact uh, segue. Uh, segue. <laughs> That's what I would to. say. Uh, for a franchise that has a very famous father-son relationship, yeah. uh, we're going to dive into uh, a spin-off situation of this franchise. So, uh, how many of you out there <laughs> imagine like being like at a like at a convention and be like, "Who of you know what Star Wars is?" And imagine no one knowing what you're talking about. And yeah, it's gonna, you're going to be pretty far. Let's there's a convention of cave previous cave dwellers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, we're today we're talking about Star Wars. Now, for, and for, not unfortunately, but there was so much to cover. And of course, as this is a nerd podcast and pop culture, and we can't, we couldn't go too far without speaking of Star Wars. I think we were trying to hold it in. You and I have been yeah. talking about talking about Star Wars, and we're going to cover a lot more. But I think today we wanted to talk about something that's very recent and very near and dear to our hearts, and something that never had been attempted. But I think and you'll agree with this is most successful thing to this day of what it is it's kind of hopefully starting a trend a future good project yeah so we want to um of course we're gonna if you haven't guessed by now uh today's special topic is we're gonna talk about the mandalorian the disney plus live action star wars tv show so there's gonna be spoilers spoiler warning whoa in this what that was pretty cool was that, I, I know, was that just me? Or? It's like I if know, I say I the word, if I say the word spoilers, spoiler warning. Wow. It was, there it was again. I didn't know we had the budget for that. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, I had, <laughs> to, I, had to, I had to pay the mortgage on it, but you know. <laughs> but you're right, Chris. The, this show, The Mandalorian, uh, Disney Plus, shout out, uh, has been out several months now. And if you have not watched it yet, Please stop what you're doing. Pause this podcast now, uh, right now. Yeah, we're talking to you. Yeah, we're Go talking to you. It, and then Don't, come back and listen. Yeah, and come back watch it. It's not. It's it's a it's a quick watch for sure. It's a good binge. But yeah, we're gonna yeah. jump into it because there will be some spoilers for today because 
you know, we have to to appreciate. It's, this. it's hard to talk about without talking about some of the key plot elements. That's like talking this. about the Sixth Sense, and you know, Bruce Willis is yeah. a ghost. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen that movie yet, uh, it's like with Star Wars. If you didn't know that Darth Vader is Luke's father, sorry to spoil uh, a plot point that's been out since what? It was nineteen eighty. Yeah, like the yeah. early eighties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, sorry, everyone, that forty-year uh, rumor for you there. But um, so we're gonna go to the Mandalorian. So the Mandalorian uh, just came out. Yeah, November of last year it was the kind of the flagship first show to not only launch Disney Plus. Yeah, and its first original show for that platform, but it is the first live-action Disney-produced uh, Star Wars TV show. Yes, because uh, I mean, you I think count the they holiday special. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I mean, this was something, and we, the biggest thing about well, Disney Plus is something we could go on forever about. But the biggest thing about their decision to do this uh recording i'm oh, sorry earthquake <laughs> my mic sh- shaking i think that the biggest thing that we're fans ever were excited about was the fact that they were going to be doing a live you know uh, tv shows with star wars but doing a live action this has been rumored for ages they've been talking about doing ages and of course when you think about star wars a lot of what you think about is uh sets of different worlds a Big. lot of uh, futuristic technology, explosions, weapons, fights, noises, battles, space fights. So you, something that you want to see in yeah. that big screen and then to bring it to a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Something like, that you would watch maybe even on your phone. Yeah. How to copy, how to keep the spirit of what that universe is like, but tell an entirely new type of you know story and a new... A, a new set of characters in a new world but maybe make it familiar so that there's a bit of a bridge there there is there is a connection i think well that's the big thing with with disney that they're doing so successfully is bridging you know cinematic stories together yes but i think what worked so amazingly at this was it has the essence of what star wars is but mm-hmm. at the same time it's a whole completely different atmosphere oh yeah and it, i mean this but this goes back to what great about the mandalorian and um first of all it the it, it feels like you're watching mini movies every episode is like a mini yes i like that they did a there is a not a heavy but there is a plot yeah. that kind of overlays the entire eight episodes but each episode in itself is it's like it's, it's non-sequential it's, it's, it's kind of its own little uh and it kind of reminds you of what the classic kind of sci-fi shows did like such as you'd have like Star Trek or yeah. Flash Gordon and you know Flash Gordon was a big influence of what Star Wars was based off in the first place that's what George Lucas was inspired by one of the many things and then uh then of course you have the whole uh the idea of the hero and the hero's journey yes and we have a new hero that we get to follow in this show and when we think of the word mandalorian a lot of people may not know what that term means and that is that is basically what you look at Boba Fett and his father Jango Fett, these yes. bounty hunters with that set of armor. That is what a Mandalorian is. So it that was a, it was is, a it was a people, it was a way of life. It was, yeah. uh, and this show finally way. gets to expand on it. They're slowly yeah. peeling back the layers. Yes, because um, of course we've always we've never, minus a little bit in Attack of the Clones, we kind of get the sense of who the original man was that would then lead to all these clones. Yes, so you get the idea that you know. They're all the same 
person, but as time's gone by, they're definitely different people with different backstories. And I like that they kind of, they, they kept it still a mystery, but they, yeah, they peeled these little layers per episode. And there's, there's so much to cover. Um, what a difficult show to do when, so the whole base of the show is you're following this Mandalorian who's he's a bounty hunter. He's a almost so, na- pretty much nameless. Yeah, uh, he and he makes a living collecting bounties. So he goes yes. and hunts down uh people and he gets paid for them. Well, he is sent out to do a job that, that does no, not have that much no, that nobody could do and he was No one could do, no one has the description for it's just him and uh he goes on this mission and he ends up finding what looks like to us the general audience to be a baby yoda or a baby of yoda's species yes not actually yoda yoda died we know yoda's passed he's a spirit now rest in peace (laughs) he's with the force (laughs) but it's something we've not seen in this, in any Star Wars that I can think of, we've seen a female Yoda. We had uh, what was Yadel. it, Yadel? Yadel, yeah. Um, but there's and... nothing. Yoda's character and species, we don't know that. We just he's been known as hashtag Baby Yoda. There is so much mystery to what Yoda. They is. call him the. They call him the child in the show. Yes, and all the, the, all the showrunners and all the people work on the show. He's known as the child. They don't refer to him as Baby Yoda, but of course, the whole world t- was taken by storm by this cute little guy who just literally overtaken the furby as the hot item that you want in your home (laughs) that's the furby of the 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 f trains left the station (laughs) baby yoda's in exactly so uh, what i love about we're you know we're talking about fathers a little bit is what happens in the show is you get the sense of this guy who probably had a code to follow that no matter what the job was no matter what it entailed follow through it through well, now he starts to get this emotional attachment to this child, and he breaks his code. He, he breaks his honor for the first he, time. He he does. He kind of goes through with the job, gives the child up, takes his his silver, his yeah. uh, his little you know bars he gets that he can go melt down to get better armor. Yeah. And then he kind of has a moment of revelation of, I got to protect this thing. I don't you know, and I think what was cool was. Once, and I think everyone, they, they did that episode two, which was, uh, yeah, the child was so cool when that giant monster, like it looked like a space rhino of some sort, yeah, uh, mastodon kind of, you know, whatever it was, started charging towards the Mandalore and he tried uh-huh. to turn out this mud pit. Uh, we see the little child put its three fingers up and it uses the force, and you know there's always been this chat throughout this whole saga of star Wars of is the force something you're born with and it's part of your destiny or something that I think Ryan Johnson was trying to hint at in last, uh, last Jedi was that maybe it comes to anyone. Yeah. And so it's not defined just by a lineage or something like that. So there's that, that hot topic up for debate. I think that's what they're going to, they may not answer. It might be continued. May not answer. We'll see what happens. But of course we still have such a mystery of, where did this child come from? Uh, what exactly can it do? But once it kind of opened up the idea that it had force powers and was a force user, I think the Mandalorian realized this is something he had to protect because he was he was giving it to what is the remains of the Empire. 
and they were going this, to you know they were going to test on it and do probably and bad things to it yeah and he's like, i have to do something so to see the show then takes a turn and he's taken the child and now it's kind of him trying to survive with this thing and it does really go into that gunslinging it's a space western of him going from uh planet to planet situation or town to town or it's town like to town idea. it's like you know going from saloon to saloon it's, it's just like he's the, going planet to planet spaghetti westerns that's what's so and cool you know it. more more bounty hunters show up and start to realize that he you know he's the one that has this thing and now he's being hunted and it's kind of you know a fun it is like that epi- episodic and that each one has its own little like its own little mini overall arc. There's, there's all these little bits that kind of play into what leads up to the the final two episodes, which really uh, set up season two so well. And yeah. we even get finally, you know, we we get a a view of his face in the final episode in a heated moment of battle. Um, he's badly injured and needs to get. Uh, and he gives his name as well. Um, and it. Think of that just as an overarc of the show. Imagine setting up and pitching a show. I want to do a Star Wars live action TV show. Mm-hmm. It's we're gonna do eight episodes per season, or you know, if they might grow that later. Here's the catch. Um, you never see the main character's face. <laughs> what a challenge to and gosh, they did so, you know, I, I've been loving watching if you haven't done this yet on Disney Plus. They now have behind-the-scene episodes. Uh, they have eight episodes, and they have all, you know, from uh, the directing team, the cast, uh, the score, the the use of uh, props, and which is know, such a uh, which a little so cool. shout out to Disney. It's such a uh, yeah. I really think that's an amazing thing they're doing that no other streaming service is, is really doing. Yeah, uh, they show us cool, it's like great. Behind, you know, a little bit of a kind of to, to tide you over until the next season mm-hmm. and just be like, this is all that went into it because it's. And also the fact, and you and you bring up these the documentaries. Uh, I think what's so exciting about the show that we've got to talk about is the fact that the amount of diversity of there are so many big, well, big name too of directors and all these people that are collaborating, mm-hmm. and also all these stars that you'll recognize or voices you'll recognize from everywhere. Uh, which I oh, just yeah. found out. I found out a fun fact uh, just recently. You know this that I I didn't um, look into it too much, but apparently, apparently. Mark Hamill did a voice for one of the characters. He did, yeah. And I mean, it's you've got people like Nick Nolte, Carl Weathers, all these like big names, and it's like yeah, so... my dad. Uh, when they sh- when they showed the, on the behind the scenes thing and said, you yeah. know, we had John Favreau was going on about we had Nick Nolte for that character, and he was like Nick, he he, he was surprised, and I went, you couldn't tell that was him the entire yeah. time, like to I me, have spoken, is, you know. Which is so, like, you know, so recognizable voice. from other movies, but yeah. um yeah, I mean, you got some really big names. I mean, even Pedro Pascal, he he, you know, Game of Thrones is probably still one of his biggest credits. Um yeah. but he's really made a name for himself and this is a a really cool character that I love that it's a combination of really voice acting and then two really great stunt guys. And he talks about that he has one stunt guy that's really good with guns and knows how to handle weapons really well. And the other guy is more good with like spears and jumping and all that stuff. So it's kind of fun to think like, cause that character, you never can see his face. It's not really him in the suit. No. Minus no. the, minus the one scene he has to shoot where he actually shows his face. Yeah. But the way they direct 
the the slightest movement of a head, you know, the head shake or physicality of it. You you read into that character so well, mixed with the kind of I love it's it is kind of the the typical gunslinger of like mysterious kind of voice. It's very comp, very Clint Eastwood style. Yeah. Um, never words, really, never really angry. There's not no. like much emotion. It's just no change in the tone. It's just and that makes and it actually adds to the danger level, which I think is fun. Is we see this character and you you think of him as a good guy. Yeah, you think of him as um, you know, a good person, and so you think, okay, he might have to do some bad things, and yeah. he does, and it's. But it's it's all to protect those and, um, yeah, it's just so cool and so. Well, I had I had a quick jumping off thing. I think it's interesting you you talking about the physicality of the actors. Uh, there are so many roles and within the Star Wars universe as well that there's not enough credit given to those silent uh, actors' names where they're it's all the physical role and that goes to any any movie or anything where there's CGI involved. And there's no actual, you don't see them actually acting. It's just them doing it. It's crazy. I mean, look at uh, the man himself, Darth Vader, David Prowse, who did the physicality for that. We know Darth Vader as James Earl Jones. And we're going to know Mandalorian as Peter Pascal, of course, because he is voicing, giving life to the character. Mm -hmm. But the physicality of that, think about like the uh, movies like The Predator, where the guy doesn't talk. And it's like... But it's you're right. It's so amazing the the level of just that's just how they what they have to be thinking and the give off for those performances. It's just. And I unreal. think uh, you you did talk about earlier, and I want to I want to dive into this. I think it's when you look at a TV show, any TV show you've ever liked. There's some TV shows that stick with the same director for the entire time. Yeah. There's some that have guest directors, and when it's a this style, which is more of like a mini series. Um, I mean, this is kind of standard now. We're seeing more of the eight to ten episodes of a show, and that's that's a season. The days of the twenty six episodes for a season are kind of ending. Quality more things are quantity. Going yeah, more things are going to platforms, and I mean, it's hard enough when you when you want to go back and re-binge a show, and you're like, oh gosh, it's twenty four hour episodes for one season, and there's yeah. seven seasons. That's a lot. Whereas you go, oh, it's only eight episodes. And the great thing about the Mandalorian, every episode's like half an hour. Like yeah, half an hour to 40 minutes. So yeah. it's not even like a long episode. So they're like perfectly timed for the family. Yeah. But I love that they had a total of, so of course you start off with John Favreau. John Favreau. Who, he's helming the ship. Helming the ship. Yeah. He's the creator. He's like the showrunner, head writer. And, you know, the man himself that, that started the MCU has had all these great movies he's made. He's been in a ton of movies as an actor. Mm-hmm. And, He's never really gone to work on a Star Wars project. And so watching him with the behind the scenes, you just see that he is so in love with this world. And Absolutely. he was so he was so dedicated to getting this right. And so you then have to look to a team and a team of directors. And I think that he got such a good mix of all different styles of people that really know how to do their job and know how to tell their own unique spin on what this new world is like but still, still continue to maintain the integrity yeah. of the atmosphere what the show is so of course we have uh first off we have dave filoni if you don't know dave filoni uh the man has worked in animation for a long long time and been yeah. very successful he of course 
was the showrunner and main creator for the Clone Wars TV show mm-hmm. and Rebels. And he came in and he's kind of, he's kind of like the uh, second in command here on The Mandalorian. And he directed two episodes. He directed episode one, The Mandalorian, and episode five, The Gunslinger. And talk about if, 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 you, if you need a Star Wars encyclopedia on set, you got it. He I mean, Dave, the shame. He, I mean, you watch him in behind the scenes. He can talk about one thing for just, it's like, even oh, I was God. like, wow, he, he knows a lot. So you got a guy who really knows Star Wars really well, and he comes from an animation background. So I think what's so cool about him is you definitely know that he's got a lot of visual take in directing. He's new to live action. This is his first ever live action directing experience. That's, I, that's crazy. Which, I mean, the pressure must be on. You got, these, you got John Favreau, who's made all these great movies, and you got a couple other people in this list who have not only been actors, but also you know directors of, and they, yeah, and, they, and they've earned their stripes, which yeah, I mean, going, yeah. but I think Dave definitely has earned his stripes in the world of Star Wars because um, I know the nerds out there are going to be like, What are you doing, Chris? But I have yet to watch is that what the nerds the sound Clone like? Wars show. <laughs> That's what they do sound like, Taylor. <laughs> I've seen bits and stuff on YouTube, but I've never taken the time to sit down and watch it, and so. I know I have to because I've heard that it's great. Well, quality. you've got Disney Plus, so you've got access yeah, to so it. So it's on there. I just get on there. But listen, uh, hey, you got De- uh, you got Deborah Chow. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was you saying uh, about Clone Wars. I'm I'm trying to catch oh. up myself as well. And trust me, mm. I, I know there's shows I want you to watch. I need to catch up. So I know how it is. We got too much TV to do. We got too we much got, time. You got, uh, yeah. you got Deborah Chow. Oh gosh, we got uh, Taika Waititi. Oh my god, Taika gosh. Waititi, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Rick. Famuyiwa, so all great directors. And, and this is really, the first season. And this is my first season. So uh, many of them got to do either one or two episodes. And I think it was kind of a cool set idea that they would have a lot of them there at the same time. Because yeah. I think they would talk about, like, this is where the episode's going to end. And then the new director would kind of be like, oh, now I know where I can pick up. And it was a roundtable situation of kind of like Arthur and his knights of, you know, you had kind of <laughs> John Favreau is is you know king arthur and then yeah his, his, his team of uh, knights to kind of see this through and it speaks to that because this this show had to have an ensemble effort to really pull it off whereas if you look at the films yeah. the films do have to if you look at a trilogy so let's look at the new trilogy so the new trilogy had to cover episodes seven, eight, and nine. Mm-hmm. Each movie needs to stand on its own. It needs to be something you can watch anytime and still enjoy, but you understand there's going to be plot points that'll be like bookmarks. It's going to be like, well, that's because of the last movie, or this is setting up the next movie. Yeah. So the, it's, it's a lot of pressure because you kind of have to make one big effort to tell the right story in that one go and unite them all together and, and unite them all sequel. in a trilogy yeah when it's a tv show like this you're hoping that if the show does well enough you're gonna have multiple seasons and you can really stretch it out and take your time mm-hmm. that's what i like about this show is that they 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 dive into the moments of, of of if it being slow or or taking in a beat and taking in an emotional moment between uh the mandalorian or other characters and it's not just not every not, not every episode's pack. all action yeah because yeah. That's what i think I think a lot of us are thinking about, it, but if you look back at all the, all the classic, I mean, this is a, this is a modern or futuristic Western. 
you think of yeah. all the Western films or the Western TV shows, you got Gunsmoke, uh, Bonanza, all these ones which you've never seen. I just I'm just mentioning Westerns mm-hmm. because people are going to fact check me here. Uh, they all. I mean, they had so many seasons. They had time. It wasn't every episode wasn't just shooting up the town and, and or saving the town yeah. or, or doing this. There were a lot of these. It's all about the character development because, like you said, we're rooting for the Mandalorian, the character, because he is a good guy in our eyes. But we've got to get there for we've got to we've got to believe it. We've got to get that journey. And yes. each character, no matter how short their part is, has been so well developed from Nick Nolte's character uh, to even some of the, these pirates that he goes on, does a job with um, mm. to um, a village he saves. And it, it's so amazing the, the amount of effort that it speaks volumes when there is no speaking involved or there's such a quiet yeah. uh, atmosphere. You're just like on the edge of your seat. It's just crazy. It is crazy. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about some of the things we really liked in the show and what we're hoping to see in a season two, which is on the docket to come out in the fall. Yeah. And then we'll also get into kind of what we think all about the future of Star Wars TV. So we hope stay tuned uh, after this message. Hello, my name is C-3PO, Human Cyborg Relations. I speak over six million languages. And now... You can speak one of them, Wookiee, with the new Wookiee Tookie. How does that sound, Chewbacca? <laughs> oh, wonderful! You simply talk into the device, and it'll automatically translate into Wookiee for you. For example, if you were to say, May the Force be with you, it will come out as... I was going to go into Tashi Station to get some power converters, but forget that. I want to get the Wookie Tookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, very handy. Yes, Wookie Tookie, you should get. If you don't pre-order today, I don't like your odds of getting it. Shall I tell you? So thank the maker for this fabulous device. Pre-order the Wookie Tookie today. And may the fur be with you. Are you right? I didn't want to get that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I had something in my throat. You're. I was like, I was like, is that the popcorn you had earlier? Oh yeah, I think. (laughs) Oh wow. Oh my god. (laughs) What? What a what a product! I tell you. What a device. Maybe you should get it for your family this holiday season. Um. So we're back. We're talking about the Mandalorian. Uh. I want to start off right away with one of the coolest things that I was like, I think when you, you get a taste of this in the prequels, uh, a little taste of this in the original, but first time seen, I think it was like episode four. I think it was the moment where he goes in to, uh, to get the child back mm-hmm. and he's trying to escape 
And of course, all the uh, Empire soldiers are coming after him, all the stormtroopers. And then he is saved by all the bounty, like all the Mandalorians and come the, out yeah. of nowhere. And they're all coming like by jetpack. And seeing all of that in the shot was so cool because you always remember as a kid looking at Boba Fett, who was this man of mystery, and stand alone. That, he was alone. He had that jetpack, and you know, I remember playing even. Uh, there was that game I remember playing on N64, uh, Shadow of the Empire, and yeah. part of that was you would get the jetpack and go around and use it, and that was a really cool scene. I thought that was like, it was just like, whoa, man! Like, look at all them flying around, and they're all, you know, it was very heroic. It it kind of made me. It reminded me a bit of like the Avengers in a way. It was. It kind of made me feel like that the one scene element. where when they all they're all teaming up. Yeah, yeah it was like a team up uh, moment. That was one of my favorite moments um I, that comes to mind taylor well i think this is before even uh the last star wars came out rise of skywalker was of course the moment that yoda or the child i wanted to well in terms of purposes he's, he's the child we're gonna keep it consistent yes he's the child uh, the child ah a child <laughs> here you go uh ghostbusters too yeah uh, <laughs> Uh, I when he used the force power of force yeah. healing, that was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. That was the first time it, uh, to our knowledge, someone that, that power it. had been used. But if we go back mm-hmm. and we look at the force power of healing, um, and you can argue with me on this if you want, but I think, and I read about this, I thought about this because I when, when I went back to watch the movies all over again before Rise of Skywalker, Obi Wan, New Hope. When he goes over to check on Luke, he puts his hand on his head for a few moments, and then all of a sudden Luke comes to. I think right there he was using the Jedi Force powers to heal Luke. Maybe, or just wake him up. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? So, but that was the coolest thing ever because we're like, whoa! And it just the rug was pulled right under you once again. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh, just when you think you couldn't tell something new or add something new to the story, they did this. And so that yeah. was like, okay, really cool. And I was like, what? This is awesome. Uh, another great moment. I think everyone's talked about it. It was a really cool way to leave the show definitely on a, a note of suspense and a note of, oh, oh, was we had the great Giancarlo Esposito, who we all know from Breaking Bad. Yes. He plays Moff Gideon. Uh, coming in here at the, at the end, the last two episodes is kind of this, uh, general character for the uh the remaining empire and at the end after all this this giant battle scene and they're trying to escape uh his tie fire gets shot down Mm -hmm. and then he comes out and you see this like you see what looks like this this energy source cutting a door yeah and he opens it and he has the what's it called the Dark, dark blade, the dark saber. No, the, I believe it's called the dark saber, which it's like a there's a lightsaber and there's a dark saber, and the the myth behind that is that it, it the dark saber came from a Mandalorian that used it. So of course we've had lightsabers and all the movies, and that's all a different very styles and subject. stuff. But this is something totally um, new. We've never seen they they've had it in the uh, Clone Wars show, I believe. Or so Rebels. Which... I think it's um, Rebels. Which actually, Queens. funny enough, because I just watched this uh, the other night with my dad, uh, the character that has that in the cartoon series, John Favreau voices him. Oh, that's fun true. Little, fun little fact. 
But that was a really cool end note because it really left a sense of mystery. It, it doesn't automatically mean that he has anything to do with the force. It's just that he has this very powerful blade that kind of emits more of a darker tone. And so it's like, how did he get that? Did he, you know, did he always have that? And how will he use it? And clearly now he's going to want not only to get the child back, he's going to want revenge on the yeah. Mandalorian. As, so we, as he's I think kind of the overarching villain. Villain. Um, but I am excited that we have, of uh, uh, a few characters we know are set up for season two. Uh, one for sure, it's really exciting because this is a big character from the Clone Wars TV show that has not seen um, a live action character yet. And that's... Uh, Ahsoka Tano, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, which is going to be played by Rosario Dawson. Yes, yeah, so I, is, uh, I have been watching the Clone Wars series and she, her character is a vital part of that overall, the whole series. So I think fans of the Clone Wars are going to be super psyched because this is going to be a live action version mm-hmm. of her character. And the fact that this is a character that has survived through all the chronological events of what had transpired. So that's that's pretty exciting. Um, also, you got uh, for a Star Trek alum, I believe, or it's Deep Space Nine, uh, Katie Sackhoff is going to be. I've heard that she's coming in, which, of course, you, you look at a, you have a Gina Carano, who is this beautiful, tough gal. You yeah. know, she, she, well, she's a, she's a fighter. She's a, she's a professional she was a, fighter. <laughs> yeah, a professional fighter. And now she's an actress and, she really, I think she, it's not the, the damsel in distress, no. you know, it's, it's really great to see um, a strong, beautiful woman part where yeah. she's kicking like major butt in oh, the yeah. series and she's holding her own against the Mandalorian at times and as a fighting partner. So now we're going to get, yeah, it's going to be cool because Kitty Sackhoff, of course, has had a huge career as being kind of a, a, another femme fatale in the sci-fi world yeah. who uh, holds her own so it'd be fun to see that and another great thing is of course is we're getting uh jango fett back to play boba fett well <laughs> so yeah uh, tamara morrison. Uh, morrison is uh being cast to come back and play boba fett which of course means that boba fett survived the sand pit of doom yes so um the starlight pit so it was teased it was definitely it was teased that there was a moment in uh i think it was episode five yeah which was the episode where he kind of partners the mandalorian partners up with the younger bounty hunter and they go off into the desert to track down this uh this lady this assassin and in the course of that episode at one point she's tied up and left and he goes back and he actually hunts down the younger bounty hunter and there's a big kind of uh, fight moment. And she's kind of left there yeah. and then we see just a pair of boots kind of walk up and you that's know, it. nothing else happens. That's it. So, of course, the rumor was that maybe that's ba- uh, Boba Fett who's come up. And, and there has been, in, in the expanding universe before Disney took over, there was always this, this story that Boba Fett survived. Mm. So... He's not done yet, so that's where we're excited yeah. about that. Also, another fun actor that's going to be coming. I, I heard a rumor that Timothy Oliphant. Yes, he's going to be coming in as well as uh, Michael Bean. Wow, who, from Tombstone and uh, Terminator, you know, Terminator, as yeah. well as Aliens. So yeah, oh. so uh, they're definitely not only they're adding some big names for the cast, 
Um, they're also adding, you know, more directors. And so I think they're definitely going to have a bigger budget. The show has obviously been a hit. And I think it'll be cool to see not only where they go with the story, but I think seeing a little bit more of continued new worlds because it's it's always fun. Like they had that whole episode where they were on tattooing and they went into the cantina. Yeah. And we get a little bit of nostalgia moment. But I'm I'm still wanting to see new stuff. And well, it's a whole talk, universe, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, when they say a galaxy far, far away, they mean a galaxy of a million gazillion planets. Not like our galaxy that only has nine. This you know. So I'm really excited for Mandalorian season two. It's uh from my understanding, it's still due to come out in the fall. Yeah, fingers I think, crossed. Uh, which should be great. Uh if you haven't, I do recommend checking out the behind the scenes uh gallery they have on disney plus it's really cool i think it's about eight episodes yeah uh, and that's really cool so of course then when you have one star wars tv show of course that's not going to stop there they're going to make more and with the world as big as star wars where you have endless amount of stories to tell Mm -hmm. we already know we have we have two that are confirmed yes that are in the works so, of course the first one of course super excited for because it is uh, starring everyone's favorite OG Jedi, the first Jedi we were introduced to, is the Obi Wan series. Hello there. Um, Bringing so back, we have uh, yes. Ewan McGregor is coming back. Yes, to he is. Replay his role of, I guess now would be um, middle-aged Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Uh, the series is planning to take place. It's that sweet spot, kind of like the Mandalorian is. Uh, it's the spot between Return of the Jedi. Um, and New Hope. Oh no, sorry, I'm I'm going backwards. You're talking, you're talking about between. <laughs> well, no, uh, well, because Mandalorian, Revenge of the Re- Sith, Revenge of the and uh, Return of the Jedi, and, Hope. and then is, Force yeah. Awakens is Mandalorian. So that's right. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is but this is after the prequels, before the originals. So, uh, you have to think. I mean, if Luke was just born at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he's in his. He's and Luke is probably seventeen ish. In a new hope, I mean that's seventeen years. Yeah, of I think, time. I think confirmed it was actually nineteen years. Okay, so so he's around. 19. He's around nineteen. He's he's yeah, he's young, but I think it's yeah. it's about it's roughly between seventeen to twenty years of time between where you meet Luke and New Hope and when he's dropped off. So that's Tatooine. a lot of time to spend uh, chilling on Tatooine, protecting, uh, you know, what is considered the the, the last hope for the rebellion. Yeah. And so I think it'll be cool to what I would love is we're going to get some fight scenes and there's going to be some like well, stuff. Or, even though he know, had such a small part, um, not small part, he was in all three of them. Sorry. Alec Guinness in A New Hope, there was a lot of little inferences that there was a lot more to Obi-Wan's life than you thought. Like, I mean, he knew, yeah. he, knew he, he had some scuffles with the Tusken Raiders. And there's even, there's been a lot of rumors of when they're on the Death Star, and Vader comes up to me and says, now I am the master. And, you know, the, you know, he has that great quote of it kind of makes it you kind of get the sense that they actually have met ag- again sometime before that. So I wonder if there's going to be a point where maybe not on Tatooine, but at some point where Vader and Obi-Wan will have some kind of fight. Yeah. Um, and the other one, of course, that a lot of people are talking about is the idea that Darth Maul, which is canon, uh, there's there's heavy rumors right now that he will be featured in the show. 
I don't know if they're, they're going to fight ever, but there's rumors that he will be, especially because mm-hmm. after Solo, we had the whole idea of the syndicate and um, that complaint of the show as well. But I would love to see the grief in Obi-Wan. Yeah. I think, I think Ian McGregor is a great actor. And oh, I, think the, uh, I think something that they, the prequels tried to do and they, they weren't as successful was the emotional part. And it's a very heavy trilogy because you're talking about the descent of, of, of a son, of a brother, of a husband into what is known as one of the greatest you know, villains of all time. Yeah. And it's a lot of weight. And so I think with the TV show where you get to take your time and you know, really tell a story, mm-hmm. maybe to see these, you know, imagine if Obi-Wan's having nightmares. Well, he's having all this, this PTSD. Reliving, the, reliving that moment where he well, almost he, kills. Yeah, he has know. to kill his, his basically, it's like a, his it was first it was his son and, and his brother. And, and, I think, yeah. and I think of all the movies that I think I definitely had a lot of, I had a little bit of emotion watching Revenge of the Sith when you see that, that end part when he's like, you are my brother Anakin, like, if you watch it and, and just, I hate you. I know. And he's just, and he's just, you know, there's that, that you will scene. try. Um, it's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. And I think it'll be fun. And that's, I, I know for sure that'll be a show that'll, they'll have a few seasons. And then if you are a fan of Rogue One, which, which I was, I, more than often, when people bring up Rogue One, they will say it's their favorite Star Wars movie. Were you, uh, did you, what did you think when you first saw it? Or have you enjoyed it more as it I, um, I want to say I've been the same since I've seen it a few times yeah. now. But I was pleasantly surprised in the movie theater. Yeah. I, I, I loved that they were not afraid to play with the idea of death. No, because that was, As, I mean, that was basically you know, the Star Wars equivalent of a war film. It was a war film. Yeah. And knowing that you are sacrificing yourself for the greater good, you're sacrificing yourself against evil. And I mean, that movie ends with every character that you follow, the entire movie dies. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler warning. <laughs> there it is. Like, died like, I, to bring this information. But I mean, that's another movie that came out a few years now. So if you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing yeah. with your life. <laughs> 2016 uh, people, come on. Um, but it's such a cool movie because it's still uh, there's still a bit of the force there, and uh, but uh, the power of camarade, you know, of of like a, a band of brothers. Well, there's to, so many stories you know. while we're here of that need to be told. That's more than just the main story that everyone and, yeah. and that leads us into the next show that they're talking about is going to be one of the main characters from Rogue One was Cassian Andor. Uh, and Diego Luna, and Diego Luna, and he's gonna have a great actor. A, yes, it's gonna be a, a prequel, obviously, because he unfortunately perished in the movie. Uh, it's like, but it, there was a there was a rumors a long time ago of I think it was gonna be a video game of kind of the underbelly of Coruscant, it was and it was 13, gonna be all 13, yeah, 13 or something like that. That was when was 13, Arts yeah, was still around until Disney bought it. And mm-hmm. scrapped. I was so upset. There was gonna be a there was gonna be a game where you get to go around and kind of the underbelly and the kind of dark uh, secrets of Coruscant. Yeah. And I think that will be the tone of his show. Mm-hmm. Is he he's obviously fighting for the rebel cause, but he had to work his way up. He he had to work his way to get there, and he's not afraid to uh, you know play the 
play the trickster card when he needs to. Yeah. So he's, I think he's going to be more of an three, anti-hero you know, kind of yeah, show. More of an anti-hero. And I think it, it, it'll be, um, he was really great in that film. And so I, I applaud that they're, they're going forward with that. I would say off, offhand, looking at the three choices of the TV show so far, um, they definitely need to do a female-led TV show. Yeah, I agree. Um, they're, they're, you know, we, we, have, we got some great female characters in The Mandalorian, but uh, off the bat, you have three shows that you've already approved, and they're all uh, male-led. It's all yeah. uh, about a male. So I think having a female-led show would be exciting. Um, honestly, if it was like a Jedi show, I mean, you look at like the new trilogy, I don't need to see any more movies of those characters, no. but I, I wouldn't mind like, I, I could see a series about Ray going off and uh, maybe training new Jedi. And they also, at the end of Rise of Skywalker, they definitely teased with Lando. Billy D. Williams. Yeah, you know, Billy D. Williams. He's talking to that girl and he's like, you know, well, where are your parents? I don't know. Well, let's find out. And immediately, all I thought was, coming to Disney+. Plus." I was like, there it is. There's another setup. Be, yeah. And actually, when Solo came out, the, for those who liked the movie, those who didn't like the movie, I think the idea of Solo moving onward in any shape or form yeah. would do well on Disney+. Plus. I think that's a show that would do well in more of this kind of series of uh, seeing those characters kind of do episodic things. Especially there was a lot of people loved, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, Donald Glover's portrayal of Lando, and so a lot of people. I were think like, that oh, was the highlight. No matter what you thought yeah. of the movie, that was the highlight for everyone. And they could do, you know, what would be kind of cool is they could do a Lando show where Billy D. Williams is more like the narrator character talking to new rebels in the new time, and then it's showing what happened when he was younger, yeah. and then you have Donald Glover playing him. That could be a cool. It's like Lando. How did you get here? Well, let's find out. <laughs> let's find he out. Had that voice, you know. Um, well, I tell you, I would like. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a TV show, but there's been rumors of the Old Republic being kind of the next set of films. Is we're gonna really distinguish ourselves from the Skywalker saga and go like a thousand years in the past like to the origin of the Jedi Order. Yeah. Well, because there's of the Jedi Order, the height of really the Sith when there was uh, more than two yeah. at any given time, and they could do you know Darth Bane, which is a, a big one. Um, but I mean, I honestly, unless it's a Jar Jar show, <laughs> I honestly will be game for anything. I think they have so much that they can pick from, and as long as it's done with the same care and the same devotion that they've done with the Mandalorian, then I think, um, I think Disney plus will continue to have successful TV shows. I, of Star Wars. I completely agree. I mean, just, I mean, this just, well, first of all, hats off to Favreau because look what he yeah. has done. Once again, he kind of, he was the, we're going to be the spark that nights <laughs> the <laughs> rebellion to bring down the first order. He, you know, he, bring the first order down. I mean, he, he, he was the one that sparked the MCU with Iron Man and he continued, he helped. It was, I don't think any director could have got, could have done what he did. It would have been very, it might've yeah. been very different. And what he did and what he's continued to bring for the Mandalorian. And it's so funny. 
Uh, quick little fun fact, he actually voiced a character in Solo. So Favreau's got his mitts in a lot of <laughs> Star Wars jars. He, 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 was the, he was the pilot guy with the, the multiple arms. Yeah, but I, I'm really excited. I'm not nervous about what they're going to do. I'm excited to see what they're going to plan, whether I want to see more live action, but I'm, I'm happy to see animated stuff. And they have so many stories they can pull from or they can create new ones. And that was, that's proof that Star Wars will live on past the movies. And yeah, and there's, there's, and I think so again, we, we kind of, we kind of mentioned on this, but I think the pressure of getting one of the films right is such a, a larger scale than getting one of the TV shows, right? You're still going to have millions of people watching this content and there's still going to be those hardcore fans that may not exactly like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But I think the Mandalorian has succeeded in not only telling an entertaining story, a story with uh, action and, uh, comedy, but there's enough little Easter eggs throughout the entire thing that is, if you're a really hardcore fan, you're looking for, wow, I never thought they'd ever showcase that guy. Oh my God, they have that character. Like I had that action figure as a kid. Yeah. It's kind of a way to roll the dice a little more and be a little more uh, risky and take more of a, a risk, take more of a chance. Whereas I think with something like Rise of Skywalker and some of the bigger films is that you you kind of have to go hopefully this works but if it doesn't i mean because those have such really a following it, no. you're gonna convert so many more fans into star wars of the mandalorian mm-hmm. there's people who never watched the star wars in their life they're going to watch the mandalorian and fall in love with it and there's going to be people that you're and this is any series but especially star yeah. wars you're not going to please everyone and we're not gonna, we're not going to go into what we didn't like in that because we're not going to spark more debate but there is that added pressure that you are following in the footsteps of someone who created something that's taken life on its own. But now mm-hmm. with these TV shows, it shows that you with there's no pre- there was no pressure. That was the great thing. There was no way out of pressure because no one had done a live action Star Wars, didn't know what to expect. There was no expectations. We knew it wasn't going to be the story of Star Wars. That yeah, they kept they kept the spirit yeah. of the franchise, but it is. Uh, just as Baby Yoda, it is the new child. Yeah. And uh, whether <laughs> you like it or not, whether you like it or not, this is the way. This is the way. But uh, yeah, so if you haven't, if you haven't, like I said, seen the behind-the-scenes stuff, I highly recommend it. But um, please, uh, if you if you're following us on social media, we'd love to have you comment any of your posts and uh, maybe say some things if if there's any uh, Star Wars TV ideas that you would like to see. Uh, we'd like to hear your comments on that. But Thanks for listening today, uh, this episode of The Potential Podcast. Yes, absolutely. And um, I think it was a lot of fun. And uh, uh, we're just going to give you one little, this is just a, a slight hint about a little nugget. next week. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Thanks. I've been, I've been practicing. <laughs> What'd you eat? Was that a sandwich? <laughs> thanks for listening to the potential podcast you can follow us on instagram and facebook at the potential podcast or on twitter at the potential pod or you can email us send us your positive feedback and thoughts suggestions and more through our email the potential podcast at yahoo.com i'm your host chris dewar and i'm your host taylor sokol stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture entertainment and nerdum And remember, know know your your potential. potential.